Welcome back to the Vibrantly Gray podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Working. Here in the Vibrantly Gray community, we support older women in pursuing their big dreams. I believe that age should never be a barrier to achieving one's goals and living a meaningful life. In today's episode, I hope you will be inspired and empowered to live your life vibrantly. Hello, I'm back. I apologize for my absence for a couple of weeks, but I was ill with the flu. I lost my voice, which isn't great for a person who has a, a podcast. And then after I started to feel better, I was tremendously behind in everything. And it's taken a few more days to get things sorted out. So I'm thrilled to be back. I miss doing the podcast. While I was sick, I had some time to think about things. And I decided that every third week of the month that I would recommend a book that I've found to be helpful or enlightening, eye-opening, useful, whatever, in this time of my life. And so this is going to be my first book recommendation episode. If you have any recommendations, please let me know, I because I'd love to expand my reading horizons. So this month's book is entitled, This Chair Rocks, A Manifesto Against Ageism by Ashton Applewhite. It was published in 2016, and I believe she did an update on it in 2019. And I'm starting off with this book because I found it, it really opened my eyes to how ageism permeates our culture. I first learned about Ashton's work when she was a guest on the podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. I'm a regular listener. I've mentioned it before. And I ended up listening to this particular episode two or three times because I was just really intrigued, so much so that I immediately purchased the book after listening to the podcast. And this really was the moment when I became serious about starting my podcast, Vibrantly Gray. Now, I fancied myself as being pretty astute about the isms, and I'm air quoting here, currently operating in our lives. But after diving into Ashton's work, I realized ageism runs deep in our everyday lives and affects all of us, no matter what our age. So a bit about uh, Ashton Applewhite. She lives in Brooklyn. She's a journalist and an author, and she's an activist for the emerging movement to raise awareness of ageism and thus dismantle its power. She's 71 years old, and she hosts the blog, it's called Yo! Is This Ageist?, where folks can send her their questions. And you can find the link to that blog in her website, which I will give you the address for that in the show notes. In 2017, she was a speaker at a TED conference And to date, that talk has garnered nearly 2 million views. So obviously, there's some interest in what she has to say. I'll also link that in the show notes. What I'm going to do is start off with a brief kind of summary or overview of the book. 
and then share a few excerpts that I found to be most insightful. Now, a a word of warning, this book is heavily researched. She cites many studies and statistics and facts, etc. I appreciate all the evidence she provides in the book as backup to the claims that she's making, but it isn't a light read. It takes time to digest all that information. Nevertheless, I believe it's worth it. First, this is Applewhite's definition of ageism. She defines it as discrimination and stereotyping on the basis of a person's age. We're ageist when we feel or behave differently toward a person or a group on the basis of how old we think they are. Ageism isn't a household word yet, nor a sexy one, but neither was sexism until the women's movement turned it into a howl, equal rights. Applewhite points out that ageism and all isms are socially constructed, and that means they are not the truth, again, air quotes around truth, and most importantly, from her point of view, they can be changed. And it starts with educating us about the nuances and also flagrant ways ageism presents itself. Each chapter of the book takes on myths about being older in a variety of contexts, such as living situations, intimacy and sexuality, social connections, workplace dynamics, health and well-being, and technology usage, to name a few. One of my favorite sections of the book is about the importance of social connection in older age. As you know, I've discussed this issue in prior episodes. Applewhite adds an additional layer of analysis as she explores the dangers of social isolation when staying in your own home over residential living. She acknowledges the many benefits of living at home, but she also focuses on the dangers uh, of social isolation. And this is an important issue because only 2.5% of olders live in assisted living. One point she makes is that the conditions of being older and alone at home remain hidden because no one sees them in the aggregate. Poor meal service, lack of in-home medical services, stress on family caregivers are kept out of sight and thus are not improved. Applewhite advocates for alternative housing that is affordable and communal. She tells the story of a group of her friends who often plan for a future housing arrangement called the Home for Superior Women. Now, I love that idea and name because a group of my close women friends, for years, we have dreamt constantly of a communal living situation where we are separate but together. It would work like each of us would have our own tiny home with a central communal kitchen and a relaxing, entertaining space. We'd like it to be in the country, yet close enough to a town to make supply runs easier. We text each other links to possible properties for sale and discuss the pros and cons of each. Now, most of them are out of our price range, but girls can dream, right? I firmly believe that this will become a reality at some point in our lives. 
Another favorite section of the book is where Applewhite addresses the possibilities of intergenerational living like other societies do and how we in the U.S. did as well historically. Applewhite says a social compact for longer lives would opt for integration over age apartheid in the form of affordable, multi-generational housing, adequate and accessible public transportation, and universal compliance with the Americans with Disabilities Act. It would provide families, defined not by biology, but by long-term mutual commitment, with subsidized caregiving at decent wages, and treat those workers with dignity. It would enforce the Elder Justice Act and the Age Discrimination in Employment Act. She goes on, not only because segregation impoverishes our lives, but because the exchange of skills and stories across generations makes sense in so many arenas, from kitchen to conference room, from learning a language to mastering a sport, from art to astronomy. The list could go on forever because it's the natural order of things. In the United States, ageism has subverted it, impoverishing youngers as well as olders. And when people aren't visible, whether ghettoized or homebound, whether by choice or reluctantly, so are the issues that affect them. A final question posed in This Chair Rocks is why can't our budget priorities be devoid of ageism? I've noticed that recently the debate over Social Security and health care have painted the olders as draining the system, when in actuality, these systems were never adequately funded for anybody. But scapegoating older people, making them the villains, serves to maintain the status quo. Policymakers can say, see, this is why there is a problem. It's them, which to me sounds like the arguments used in welfare and food benefits debates, doesn't it? Imagine a society where everyone is valued and respected, one where basic human needs are tended to without pitting us against one another. There is enough money. We just need the will to adjust our funding priorities. As I said earlier, I found this book to be thought-provoking and educational. I now pay greater attention to the signs of ageism in my perceptions and language and in the macro level, taken for granted status quo. It doesn't have to be this way. Applewhite has a website. It's www.thischairrocks.com. Again, I'll put that in the show notes where you can learn more about her life and work. And I encourage you to check that out. Now, before I end this episode, I wanted to point you in the direction of an inspiring YouTube channel that I just discovered yesterday. The channel is called Gallery 22, Martinsville, Virginia, VA. The YouTube channel features Aileen Wilson. Miss Aileen is 90 years young. She started this channel just a few weeks ago, and the Gallery 22 features her glass art. 
She took her first stained glass class at the age of 73 and has expanded to creating fused glass pieces, which she says is her first love now. Aileen started the channel to encourage people to try something new, no matter what their age. I love this woman, and I encourage you to subscribe to her channel. She has over 14,000 subscribers already. Aileen is definitely vibrantly gray. Go Aileen. Anyway, again, it's been nice being back here thinking about age and how we can grow older in a quality kind of way in spite of the ageism that is rampant in our society. And I wish you well and knock on wood, I'll be back next week. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. If you did, please join our community on Facebook. There, you will find reading suggestions, meaningful dialogue, and additional stories of women who are going big. The link is posted in the show notes. As Betty Friedan said, aging is not lost youth, but a new stage of opportunity. So let's do it together.